Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. It's off and the Lakers have it. They're down by three. They can tie the game. With seven, with six, and here's LeBron. LeBron for the tie. Wow. Wow. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where if there's a J-Will, there's almost a way. As the Lakers lost, unfortunately at the very end, to the San Antonio Spurs tonight, 142-143 to 143 in overtime, which is a, a ridiculous score. And this is, what, five minutes after the game? We're still trying to compose ourselves after... A sucker punch in the gut, pretty much. Uh, the Lakers seemingly had the game in hand, couldn't close it out. Stupid mistakes at the end there. LeBron wasn't able to come up as clutch as he did in regulation, and what resulted was a one-point loss to the San Antonio Spurs. And uh, at the end of the day, we can get into all of the specifics of officiating, uh, bad defense, all that stuff, but it just sucks. Uh, so here we are, and it's gonna we're gonna shoot from the heart, and this is gonna be one of those thirty minute podcasts where we just uh, yeah, it's raw, live, and unplugged. Uh, Tommy, how you feeling tonight? And how can how can you how do you describe the uh, the change up of emotions that you were feeling from? I guess let let's start with the end of regulation. There, you know, Lakers were down eight with about a minute left to go, a minute and change. I forgot who got the two-pointer before that. It may, may have been Jonathan Williams, and that's Jonathan with an H, if you're wondering. 
Kyle Kuzma hit a clutch baseline three, and then after that, LeBron James calmly synced a 35-footer from the top of the key to tie the game with two seconds left to bring the Lakers into overtime. And with about, what, a minute left or so in overtime, the Lakers are up around six. I don't remember the exact how, how many seconds were left, but the Lakers had seemingly had victory in the grasp of their hands, but they let it slip. So uh, how are you feeling from just one end of the spectrum to now, reality? Yeah, um, well, so, I mean, God, it was just so crazy. It was like when we were down by about eight or whatever uh, at the end of regulation, I sort of felt like helpless, you know what I mean? It just sort of felt like, God, we're just never going to be able to be good enough to win a game. And then within the next 45 seconds, all of a sudden you're kind of optimistic and then it gets into overtime and it's just like, holy crap, we flipped it and we turned the corner and we found Jonathan Williams and he's going to be our answer small ball as a small ball five. Everything is going to click all of a sudden now. We're going to play defense and win games. I don't even know what happened, dude. It's like we were winning by six points and all of a sudden it's gone. I feel like I would kind of zone out for a second and Stu Lance would be like, well, you just got to make sure you can't, you don't give, you don't give up a three. And then I would look at the screen and they were just giving up like a layup with no resistance. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Um, so they just completely gave the, the game away. Although we had LeBron out there, he was out there with four young guys, like three second year players and Jonathan Williams, who's a rookie. He's a rookie, right? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty crazy, dude. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a bummer to lose this one. I'm kind of trying to follow Twitter as we're recording this right now, and like Luke is just going off on the refs. Yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe he has a valid argument, dude. I mean, the, some of the calls that we've gotten have been so absurd. I mean, that's fair, but at the end of the day, we had this one, regardless of the calls, you know? So we kind of have no one to blame here but ourselves, and I think that's the most disappointing part. Instead, we're left with, okay, well, I guess we can go back to blaming the officiating, but honestly, we had this game in hand, especially after that momentum shifting, that sequence where Josh Hart maybe got three turnovers in the span of six seconds, but none of them were called, whether it was a travel or him touching the out-of-bounds line with his hand or his foot. None of them were called, and he ended up flinging the ball over his head to a streaking Lonzo ball, uh, tight-roping the sideline, and he somehow saved the ball inbounds with a crazy athletic play to LeBron James. LeBron James races down the court, and one on Patty Mills, and the Lakers are up, what, at that point, five points or so? Um, And we had all the momentum going our way, and for some reason, we kind of just put our foot off the gas pedal, and I felt we were lackadaisical from that point on, whether it was the types of shots we were getting. You know, it was just kind of like, give it to LeBron, and LeBron would lackadaisically just hoist up a jump shot. And then on defense us not being as locked in as we were the prior possessions where, you know, Jonathan Williams, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Jonathan Williams was setting the tone defensively with his activity. (laughs) He was a rabid dude. He was a rabid out there, which was honestly, it was like a, such a pleasant sight to see after seeing what Zubats had to offer. Oh my God. He was so bad. So he had that one block, right? We're like, all right, here comes Zubats. And then after that, it was just like foul after foul. I couldn't stay in front of his man. Aldridge. Or he just had five fouls in five minutes. Yeah, 
I mean, so I don't even know where to begin with this game. It was, there were so many things that happened. I mean, it's pretty much a three hour game going into overtime. They scored 140. Is this, this has to be like the most points we've scored, right? In the last 10 years or so. I I, I don't even know. 142. It's just crazy. It's also the most points uh, a LeBron James team has ever scored in his entire career. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Oh, man, that's nuts. So coming into tonight's game, you know, the Lakers led the league in pace with 113.2. Sacramento second with 111.4. Defensive efficiency-wise, the Lakers, I thought they would have been maybe 29th, 28th. Uh, They're actually right now 19th after tonight. Who knows where that stands? Offensive efficiency-wise, the Lakers are 20th, so they're not that great. So with that said... Tonight's game obviously was a very mixed bag. And dude, where do you want to start? Should we should we go should we talk about what happened that excited us or do we want to go negative? Excited, I guess first. Okay. All right. So, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma currently as a power forward is averaging 37 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Actually, no. Did he play at 4 or 3 tonight? I'm not sure. It doesn't it, really matter. It doesn't matter. So, Kyle Kuzma in his normal position at small forward, power forward, is averaging 37 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. He shot 15 of 25 tonight, 4 for 10 from 3. A myriad of nifty spin moves and moves into the paint was aggressive the entire night, especially pushing it into transition, really keeping the San Antonio Spurs defense on its heels. Just relentless attacking tonight. His shot was falling. Cal Kuzma, Kuzma cojones tonight, man. I was so proud of of Kuzma tonight. Even had a couple nifty passes as well, and obviously had the light-skinned brothers connection going on with Lonzo Ball. Um, Yeah, what did you think of Cal Kuzma tonight? I... I, I don't want to credit everything to just the positional shift or yeah, positional switch, but obviously Brandon Ingram is suspended the next four games. And so Kuzma obviously got the bump there. He played 45 minutes and he took a full advantage of that. Um, felt like LeBron James trusted him and they had a two man game going on, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma scored like 12 points in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, he didn't hit take any shots it seemed like in the overtime and didn't score in overtime but outside of that through the first four quarters I mean Kyle Kuzma was the big man on campus here alongside Josh Hart who we'll get to obviously but uh yeah what did you think of Kyle Kuzma King Kyle Kuzma he had a fantastic game and I actually think a huge part of it was the positional switch um I don't think it's like unfair at all to say to at least strongly speculate that that's the reason Mm -hmm. um and that's not to say that, like, okay, so that's not to say, like, oh, so Kuzma, Ingram, and LeBron can't coexist. That's just to say that I feel like Luke, for for whatever reason, thought we didn't really have another small ball five option other than Kuzma. But now that, like, Jonathan Williams is kind of emerging here, and it's crazy to say after one game, but, like, now that Jonathan Williams has kind of emerged or at least kind of proven that he can perhaps step into that role you know, that starts to, maybe you cut some of Lance's minutes back. Um, you know, you can bring down LeBron's minutes a little bit and get Kuzma minutes at the backup four and backup three. And if he's playing at those positions, I think you'll continue to see output like this. Um, he's just, 
naturally a wing player. And I feel like when he's asked to play the five, even though he's being defended by fives, it's just like, I don't know, something about it is off. And I know that's like a non-educated basketball way to talk about it, but it, it's just, frankly, it's not working. And um, I, I just think that we will continue to see this if, if, uh, if he gets put in these spots. Yeah, I felt like tonight, I think he was playing the four. And it's funny that even at that four spot, he was more so than he has in the past, really taking advantage of the the bigger man on him or the loafing man on him by just use uh, leveraging his speed and quickness at every moment. And so it was just a really impressive display by Kyle Kuzma tonight. Showed the flash, showed the swagger that we've come to expect from him. Still hasn't gotten that hook shot down, but he may have had like three or four really nifty floater type shots in the lane moving at 150 miles per hour which I think is just one of Kuzma's most impressive attributes as an offensive player like I don't think there's another player on the Lakers right now who has the finishing package that Kuzma has whether it's the reverse layups um, when he contorts his body in the lane where it seems like like three trees are on him and he's still able to get the shots in, especially that that play with where the Lonzo ball, where Lonzo kind of uh, lofted it over the defender's head to Kuzma and it looked like he was cut off underneath the basket and he was still able to pirouette his way into a layup. I mean, he is so lethal because one, he's so fast. Uh, two, he is athletic, but also he just has the finishing touch of uh, of an Anton Jameson type player and it's... Man, he, he was so dynamic tonight. Really proud of Kyle Kuzma. So I guess the next person... Okay, let's go good player, bad player, right? Um, so on the one end, there was Kyle Kuzma. Tommy, on the next end, there's KCP. Boo! <laughs> oh, man. KCP in 19 minutes, minus 14. One, one for four from the field. 0 for two from three. Four points. I mean couple miss lapses on defense too yeah, lapses on defense and some of his missed threes he only attempted three right i think at least two of his missed threes were like designed plays for him so kcp i mean i i told you this offline but i was like kcp is one of those guys where it's just like bruh you had one job you had one job and you're not even doing it and it's funny that the most traction i got one of the most the tweets that got the most traction for me tonight was me, me asking, like, seriously, <laughs> could David Noaba mimic and approximate what KCP is doing for us right now? And so many people were like, he can do better. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're probably right, because KCP is <laughs> not even hitting three-point shots right now. So what is he good for? Because David Noaba at least is super athletic and can run the break, you know, and is a good finisher. Is Noaba still in the balls? He's on the Cavs. Oh, Actually, crap. the Cavs picked him up. Yeah, unfortunately. So KCP has been really bad. And I think if there's one guy you want to take minutes away from, it's him. Give it all to Josh Hart. Give it to Kyle Kuzma. Give it to Lonzo Ball. Give it to Svima Kailu. I mean, Kuzma can play some too, to be honest. Yes. When Brandon Ingram comes back, especially, like, dude, phase this guy out. Yeah. Please. I... No, I, I'm honestly, I kind of agree with you. And I didn't think I would have this kind of stance about a player this early in the season, especially KCP, because when we signed him, you know, it's like you look at his stats from last year and you can, you factor in that he's a returning player and you factor in that he's going to be like playing with LeBron and getting like good looks. And LeBron has like, is familiar with him. They have the same agent. So LeBron knows his game and you, you just like 
have all these thoughts of like, oh, this actually could kind of work. And then he looked like complete crap in the preseason. And I was like hoping that that was just rust. And then now the season starts and he continues to look really bad. He's just like a complete ghost on offense, not a threat to shoot the ball at all. When he does shoot it, he does not, he hasn't been making anything. And on defense, he's just, sometimes he can lock his man down, but sometimes he just gets totally lost off ball. And we got burned for like a bunch of, but at least a few threes that I saw when he just like would fall asleep on like Bellinelli. And it's not even that he can't make his shots, but his misses do the opposite of inspire any sort of hope in you, where at least if they were in and outs, you're like, oh. (laughs) Man, they're just bricks, dude. What do you call him? You call him, what's what's your name for him? It's another former Lakers player. Wes Johnson. He is our Wes Johnson indeed. So at this point, look, KCP is our break in case of emergency guy. You know, if we're like down a couple guys, we need a defensive dude to just muck things up. Then you put him in. But for 19 minutes a game at this point, I I think it's unnecessary. You know, I do like that if in, yeah, in cases of emergency, it's good that we have just another random guard wing that we can throw out there to give, give someone who's hot another look, right? But a consistent spot on this rotation right now, I just don't see the need for it. Uh, he doesn't really bring anything to the table um, at this point, you know, so boo KCP. All right, let's move on to another good player. Let's get this out of the way. Lance Sanity, my friend. <laughs> uh, or Lanso Ball, as I like to call him Lance. tonight. The, the guy with the highest plus minus on the Lakers. And it's funny because the entire preseason and games up until this point anybody who had a case against Lance would always look at look at his net rating man he has one of the worst net ratings in the league so now I'm just kind of like cheekily parading about his plus 17 and you know to be honest if if I if I had to describe Lance's game tonight in a nutshell it is who Lance is you know he was on most nights it's 50% Lance right 50% Pretty good, 50% just batshit crazy and probably bad for your team. Tonight it was more so 70% good Lance and 30% bad Lance, and we saw the bad Lance towards the last two minutes of his final stretch there. You know, where I was like, ooh, Luke, let's uh, quit while we're quit while we're ahead here with Lance because he's done a really good job, but he's pretty much just begging for you to take him out of the rotation right now. Because um, I think his last two plays was like he looked V off in the corner and then drove it into the lane and then tried to pass it back to him, but ended up passing it back to a Spurs player. And then the play after that, he had a wide open look on the baseline for three and he airballed it. But regardless, besides those two plays, I feel like during a moment when the Lakers really needed energy, Lance was able to inject that with the second unit, with uh, Josh Hart. And especially during the third quarter, he was the guy handling the ball most of the time and really making things happen. And tonight his passes actually weren't pounding the ball heavy type passes you know he was really swinging it around and if he was initiating passes off his own dribble he was really sucking in the defense by utilizing and leveraging his ability to finish and this year Lance has been a really good finisher in the rim you know that that nifty thing he does where he scoops it up and just banks it high off the glass has been really effective for him and you know just the way he dribbles he's able to put defenses on their heels and so tonight, Lance Stevenson, eight points, four assists. He did have two turnovers, and I felt like two of those turnovers were pretty much towards the tail end of his stint. But in 17 minutes, he was a plus 17 and really helped that charge 
in the first half and also in the second half. So I was really happy with the way Lance played tonight and also defensively. And we saw some flashes of his defense against James Harden in the last game, where if he's locked in and he has a singular focus <laughs> for stretches at a time, he can be really good because he's a sturdy dude. And um, yeah, I like what I saw from Lance Sanity, Lance Lance Revolution, Lance Dance Revolution. What about you? Yeah, I, Lance is just like, he's he's just so fun to watch. And like when he's doing the right things and making the right plays, which look, does he do that 100,000% of the time? No, but he makes more, at least in my opinion, he makes way more you know positive plays than he does negative plays. He had some, you know, plays where I think I saw you tweet it out, like, okay, like, let's quit while we're ahead with this lineup and just get him out of there. And, but he surrounded those types of plays with just, like, really fantastic, you know, smart plays, finishing in transition, hitting good shots, finding his teammates, not holding the ball too much, you know, competing defensively, like, there were some like stretches of time where he was just all over the court. And I think Luke just needs to get better. And over the first three games, it feels like he has gotten a little bit better about this, but get better about like knowing when you can get those bursts from Lance and putting him in there for those bursts and then getting him the F out. Like when, (laughs) before it's, before it's too late, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just going to be a balance. And hopefully Luke recognizes, you know, like there's certain players that, even if they're playing really well, you don't need to play them a ton of minutes every single night, Yep. you know, because you play them for like the times they're going to be productive for you. And then you don't play them otherwise. So I just think that, uh, I just think that we are going to get a lot of positives out of Lance because once Luke realizes he has to go to like a 10 man rotation to play like an actual small ball five, like Jonathan Williams or something like, Kuzma is going to be taking up more of the forward and wing minutes. And I think Lance's minutes are just going to go down, but I don't know. He's, he's effective when he's out there. And, and I think he's, a, he's been a nice weapon to have as a veteran. You, you wish the KCP was giving us something like this. Yeah. And honestly, even if he plays 10 minutes, which is seven less than he did tonight, I feel like he's going to give the same effort, you know, and he, he so far has been a consummate professional and even in the Houston Rockets game, Spitgate, which we haven't even talked about, and I don't know if we'll get to it tonight, but he was the voice of reason and the one trying to break up the fight. And I don't know, I just like what he's brought so far, and he brings a different dynamic to the team, but one that is still also just as frenetic and sort of uh, wild and crazy as this team likes to play. Um, this is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. So let's move on to Josh Hart. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. Uh, He is a bowling ball in the lane. In in a way, he sort of plays like how Jeremy Lin played, but more athletic earlier on his career, where it was just relentless driving over and over again. I feel like this guy can almost get and ones every single time. 
except he doesn't get those calls for whatever reason. He had like no um, free throw attempts tonight, right? That is insane. How is that possible? Yeah, every single I, one of his <laughs> shots was a drive, dude. Every Into like, someone's was, body. Into someone's body or it was a three, okay? He like plays so physically. Like if this was Jimmy Butler, he would have had like 12 free throws. Like I said early yeah. in the season, weirdly, and I know it's a poor man, and I know Jimmy Butler's an all-star and this and that, but like Josh Hart's game reminds me of Jimmy Butler. Like he's super strong, taking it to the basket just like relentlessly. And now he has these moves, like he's starting to develop these baby moves off the dribble to get himself threes and uh, to get himself mid-range jumpers, and he's knocking them down. You know, Jimmy Butler was not like current Jimmy Butler when he was a second-year player. He developed over time and got better and better and better offensively. And I think Josh Hart is like, I know it's weird to say, but he's like, it feels like he's kind of on that path. Yeah, I mean, you say Jimmy Butler, I said poor man's Derrick Rose in his prime, just in the ways that he's able to just force it down, shove it down, just shove it down, Josh, shove it down the defense's throats um, with his relentless driving and finishing ability. (laughs) I mean, it's true. Eight for 14 from the field, man. Four of seven from three. This guy is just unfazed, I think is the best way to describe Josh Hart. Poised and yet unfazed. Um, even if he starts off pretty rough, it doesn't matter. He's going to find a way to keep shooting, still as confident as ever. He hit some clutch threes tonight. On the season, even before tonight, he was shooting 52% from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 15 points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists. I mean, Mr. Consistency here, Josh Hart. And yeah, you can't say enough about this guy. And I hope, I hope, I hope that we see him starting sooner rather than later along with Lonzo Ball and this unit because when they're on the court together, you just see the electricity and the energy that all these guys have together. And, you know, I put out that video on Twitter the other night about how the Lakers just have such an incredible group of creative improv... What's the word? (laughs) Creative improv... How do you say improv... Like, how do you say that word? Never mind. Anyways, the Lakers just have a really creative group of guys who can make plays on improvisers. But there's an improvisational. (laughs) There's a word like that, right? (laughs) Improv. I I swear. There. I'm just for whatever reason I cannot pronounce this word. (laughs) I'm looking. It's like improv plus sensational, but I can't. I can't read this word right now. <laughs> improv. <laughs> Dude, how do you read this word? Improv. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting blocked by JaVale McGee. <laughs> improvisational. Improvisational. There you go. <laughs> improvisational. Uh, why, could, why was that so hard to say? Okay. <laughs> improvisational, but that's not what you were trying to say. You were trying I, was, to say I was trying to say the way. describing the guys. Yeah, I was trying That's to why see. That's confusing, dude. Uh, okay, so anyways, the Lakers just have a really creative group of improvisers who can think really quickly on the fly. And not only that, but they can finish really well. The scrappier it gets, the weirder and wackier a play starts off. It seems like the Lakers play better. Or the, the play ends up most more times than not, more times than a turnover somehow. The Lakers are somehow able to make something out of nothing. 
what would be a turnover? What would be a turnover for other teams? The Lakers make it into an and one three point play. You know, just because of the guys they have who can adapt on the fly, um, play make on the fly, finish on the fly, finish in contact, and and honestly, anytime the defense isn't set for another team. Even if it's like, let's say they have five guys back, but one guy's sort of lagging behind. When the Lakers take advantage and strike, it is lethal. And that's what gives me hope with this team, you know? I mean, the sad part is it's just such a striking contrast from their transitional play. And not even necessarily transitional play, but just their quick hitting plays when the defense isn't set. Off of make, even off of makes. Um, a, such a striking display from that versus their half-court play, which is just so at times very stagnant and it's like Byron Scott type stuff, you know, and you kind of saw it at the end of the overtime there, but man, when they're in transition, it is beautiful basketball to watch. You could, you could cut up pretty much two different tapes of the Lakers when they're moving, when they're in their stride versus when they're just in a half court set and they would look like two entirely different teams. Um, so I don't know if you had anything to say to that before we get back into specific players. Just what you're seeing on offense and I guess just how frustrating it is to see this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type Lakers group right now where on most occasions you're just like, we are so much fun to watch. And then you're just at the end of it like, why did we lose? You know? Yeah, dude. It's It's been really, really fun to watch this team. I Frankly, I'm amazed we're playing this well offensively. I know we're playing at such a high pace. We were, we were playing very well offensively. Like our first two games, we weren't hitting our shots. I don't feel like tonight we hit lucky shots. I feel like tonight we just hit like shots, like normal shots. You know, like maybe we won't shoot 38% for the season. I mean, we definitely won't, but maybe we won't be the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA either. Like, we have guys who can hit shots. I think we've seen that Zoe is, like, a much-improved shooter already, which we kind of suspected he would be, right? Kuzma seems like he's gonna he's getting back into form if he can play in his natural position. <laughs> did you see that thing I texted I you? <laughs> Josh Hart can, you know, his confidence is at an all-time high, and he's, you know, just raining threes, so offensively it's it's all starting to get there and it's really exciting to watch and we're losing just because of poor decision making and poor execution um in crucial moments like we don't show a lot of poise in crucial moments yet like we we show some we show more more poise when we're scrambling you know it's like we're scrambling to get those eight points in the last minute and 20 seconds to tie the game yeah. But when we have, we're supposed to be in control of everything that's happening, we can't hold on to that control. And you just hope that that'll get better. But it's really yeah. the defense. You know, the defense has just been so inconsistent. Okay, so let's let's land right there before we get into, you know, LeBron James, et cetera, and any other specific players you wanted to highlight. So the defense right now is so shaky. at time. It's kind of like this Lakers team is so bipolar. Like, on opposites, opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, we have the types of guys who are so dynamic athletically that if you just cut up our highlight reel plays on defense, you'd think, oh my god, this Lakers team could beat the Warriors. But then, that's not the majority of a game, you know? These highlight defensive plays where we're getting blocks, we're getting steals, we're, you know, leaking out into transition, and we just look so electric and fun. But... 
the other 75% of the game on defense were just so undisciplined, lacking in size still, overhelping, losing guys off ball, getting punked down low. It's super frustrating to watch and I don't know if you felt this way, but I tweeted it out right before the Spurs possession, but I was like, I'm scared. You know, this is a team that knows how to execute well. And right now the Lakers defense is so shaky that I can't trust that we'll be able to actually get this stop. You know, we've had some key stops, you know, even in the Houston game when we had that 24 second shot clock violation in the clutch. And then even in regulation when we had to come up with a stop. But more times than not, the Lakers seems like and this is from from everybody, you know, including Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma. It seems like we're on skates most of the times. We're not guarding the perimeter very well. It seems like when, when a guy gets past that first defender, we're in scramble mode all the time. And yeah, I don't know. I, it, sadly, the it is kind of true with regards to LeBron James. You know, he hasn't been great defensively for the majority of his tenure as a Lakers so far. So that doesn't necessarily help. But yeah, what do, what do you see on defense that's that's given you, that's been the biggest issue for you? And then how does a guy like Jonathan Williams just change that up and at least give us something, give us any sort of indication that we may be able to turn this around with someone as energetic and agile and athletic as Jonathan Williams? So I think LeBron is just not at a stage in his career right now where he can be the defensive leader. He needs like the guys around him to pick him up. And when they pick him up, I think he can be a really destructive force defensively. I just think that he can't be the one who, who brings the energy. And I think part of our problem defensively is we, had, we have had a lot of guys that weren't really bringing the energy. Like to jump quickly into your Jonathan Williams point, Jonathan Williams came in and was doing things that like nobody else on our team has been able to do except JaVale who like JaVale is he's great but he is JaVale and he has his like mental lapses and just come like boneheaded plays and too it's jumpy. not really yeah he's super jumpy it's not like a huge surprise to me he fouled out tonight in 28 minutes he normally doesn't play this much and he gets a, like a good amount of fouls in the limited minutes he does play normally so He's just like, you know, but like, you know, he's trying his best. I mean, for the pace we play at, for him to play 28 minutes tonight is like pretty insane. Mm -hmm. Um, But the point is we're going to need somebody else to come in and bring that same energy. And the best defensive teams we've had in at least recent memory, you think of like, we always had these types of guys off the bench when we were, uh, you know, in the late 2000s with Kobe and we had Roni Turioff and Trevor Ariza coming in off the bench um, in the, in that first year anyway, you know, like those types of players, Jordan Farmar even are like the types of guys who like can ignite you. And when your starters come back in for the second round, it's like after their initial rest, it's like you have this huge burst of energy now from them as well. And I think we saw flashes of what that can be tonight, but, our defense is just like so lost right now. It's insane. I, I, I've been saying this since the beginning, but and I don't know if I've ever said it on the show, but I've been saying it like in the, you know, when we talk offline all the time. So I just think if you're going to overhelp in any way when you're playing as small with guys as small, but like long and quick as we are, overhelp like 
to draw charges and like muck up the passing lanes, you know, like overhelp on drives. Don't overhelp when somebody's posting up. Like you have to show some awareness of advanced statistics and you have to just accept that a straight post up is going to be one of the least efficient shots you can offer the defense. If that's what they're going to take, you want them to take that. You don't want to like force them to get a higher percentage shot. You know, so it's like, I just feel like they need to show better situational awareness about that. Don't be so worried about like each individual possession. Be more concerned about the overall like 100 possessions in the game. Limiting to, you know, limiting them over the scope of a 100 plus possession game to the lowest possible percentage shots. And yeah. I just feel like we're not really doing that. Sorry, I know I was ranting going on there, but go ahead. No, no, I agree. And I've been hammering this point home too. But And hopefully this this uh, puts the nail in the coffin with regards to Kyle Kuzma small ball five. You know, If we ever see Kyle Kuzma at the small ball five again, hopefully it's in clutch situations, but not randomly in the second quarter. You know, I mean, hopefully that's the end of that. And what, what Jonathan Williams provides is just another big body who you know can at least more even at a 50 50 50 percent level hold position of their man stand his ground i think that's the word i'm looking for because when we haven't had that guy when javale mcgee has left the floor so often we're overcompensating and i feel like this has become a systematically ingrained thing with the rest of the lakers where because they've been playing small ball it's become almost instinctual to want to be sucked into the paint to help the smaller guy whether that's help his man out or try and immediately go and fight for a rebound because they know they have a disadvantage there with their size or not being tall enough, you know? And we've seen guys like Josh Hart randomly leave adequate three-point shooters, more than adequate, out at the three-point line just so they can kind of sink back into the paint to try and get a steal or try and help their man out while leaving the perimeter wide open. I think that's more instinctual just because, okay, we're at a disadvantage all the time because I know that whoever's down in the paint trying to guard this 230-pound dude is going to be at a disadvantage, so we all have to chip in, you know? So for me, it's like a lot of overcompensating on that end. But with Jonathan Williams tonight, you saw with even LaMarcus Aldridge, he was able to at least hold his own and stand his ground there to the point where other guys could just focus in on their other you know, their, their roles defensively, you know, just finding, being more locked in to the guards they were defending on the perimeter. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I just, I just hope that with Jonathan Williams comes another guy that we can throw in there who can hold his position and stand his ground. Um, but in general, I think another problem and pretty much what Luke said about Kyle Kuzma, I think is indicative of a lot of the Lakers players these days where the will and want is there. And so are the physical attributes, and you see that from Josh Hart as well. But more often times than not, we have seen the technique lacking and the Lakers being undisciplined. And we've seen it from guys like JaVale, Kyle Kuzma, um, Josh Hart, where they're too uppity, they have happy feet, you know, they get beat once and it's pretty much over. Or if they're defending a savvy guard like Chris Paul or, you know, James Harden, they're always they're always jumping you know on their feet and they get called for unnecessary fouls and all that so I feel like the lack of technique and discipline 
I think that can be corrected, obviously, because as we've seen in the flashes that Kakuzma and Josh Hart have shown us, they have the physical attributes to really be um, a force, a defensive force, you know, and, and Kyle Kuzma, when he has been locked in, he's been able to get those spectacular blocks. Um, but I think we have too many players who are shaky on defense because sometimes even JaVale McGee, as incredible as he is with these block shots and being able to alter shots at the rim, it's almost like a 50-50 proposition with him as well on defense where sometimes I just think he's on skates out there as well where guys can just get ba- just get by him so easily and... More oftentimes than not, no, he, he's been great. You know, especially at the minimum, he's been a revelation for the Lakers. But it's just we need more just overall. We need a, a, we need more defensive anchoring, and that comes from just the guys being better on the perimeter as well. You know, it, it sucks to see how... I don't think the Spurs were even running that complicated. Their, their plays weren't complicated at all, you know, but it was a simple, like, simple handoffs to each other. And the Lakers were getting confused, and I was like, oh man, this is not good, you know? So hopefully Jonathan Williams helps bring another dynamic to the Lakers' defense where we can have another reliable big man in there who's not only can hold his st- hold and stand his ground, but is also, also pretty athletic and energetic and really can muck things up down there. Um, and I think as opposed to JaVale, he's a little more sturdy and solid. He's a good. He's the guy who does the little things really well. Where JaVale, it's like, man, he can do some spectacular stuff, but he can also do some boneheaded stuff. And I think Jonathan Williams is more of a steadying force in that respect. So, you know, props to Jonathan Williams for working as hard as he did and props to the Lakers for, you know, signing him back up. I don't know why they cut him in the first place, but at least they were able to pick him back up. So, uh, all right, with that said, to end our show, Tommy, let's talk about Okay, really quickly, Zvima Kailu. So, mixed bag for him, but I'm glad he was able to get in the minutes because, you know, these opportunities don't come too often. And even though, obviously, he still has the butterflies, wasn't able to hit any of his shots, he did have some really, really nice assists to Jonathan Williams off of his own drives, you know. So, hopefully that can get his confidence going, you know. Right now, it's just clear he's not ready yet. He had two turnovers, a couple of them were pretty ugly, trying to spin move into nothing, pretty much, but... In terms of those few plays where he was able to drive it into the lane and just pass it off to Jonathan Williams like he was Kobe to Shaq, uh, I thought were really impressive. Um, anything to say on Svi? Yeah, the playmaking was a very encouraging sign. You know, it's Svi, it's like we're in game three of an 82-game season, or we just finished game three, and it's, you know, there's so much time for him to get better and to and we're going to need him more in like February than we need him now. Right. So it's cool that he gets these minutes and he gets the time and uh, hopefully he'll continue to improve and get some confidence. But once we're like fully healthy and not suspended and we have like our, you know, our normal rotation, maybe he'll get some time, you know, here and there uh, with the D league team and, and, you know, build up some confidence because, in the D league, you know, they run and shoot threes, you know? And so yeah. that's what we need him to do here, but he can get some shots up. And, uh, I think he's going to, he's going to look just fine. And the G league is exactly where Bonga is set to dominate as soon as tomorrow. Or this week. Um, Hey, Lonzo ball. This is Mike from the almighty baller network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season. And that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. 
With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Uh, Started off really hot tonight from three-point land. I think he had 10 points in the first quarter, right? And then after that, only four. Anyways, he had 14 points, six rebounds, six assists, only one turnover, one steal, one really amazing athletic out-of-bounds saving play. Yeah, um, that was insane, dude. LeBron Lonzo James and just one. Has, like, he just has these crazy like timing plays. Like There was that one, that one play, I think, maybe in the middle or end of the, towards the end of the fourth quarter where it I can't remember. It was in the second half, but Josh Hart po- uh, poked it away and Lonzo caught the deflected ball. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Hart just starts sprinting up the, up the baseline and Lonzo doesn't even dribble. And you can just see him like staring down Hart and like timing when would be the perfect time to throw like a bullet chest pass so he can hit Hart and stride to just take one dribble and go in and like lay it in. Yeah. And it was just like so insane the timing that he has. And it's like you're just watching this guy standing there not moving while Josh Hart is sprinting down the sideline and he just puts a perfect pass on him. So I I've been really impressed in the in the minutes Lonzo's had um uh with everything. I want to see him and we were saying this like to the extent Lonzo makes a boneheaded play it's rare that he'll get a turnover. Like he doesn't turn it over that much actually for how much he handles it. But when he gets a bone, makes a boneheaded play, it doesn't always show up as a turnover, but it'll be like driving to the rim and like getting all the way to the rim and elevating. And like your head is at the rim and you just throw a weak pass to the perimeter. Okay. Let's, Let's stop right there because there was a specific play in overtime, maybe in fourth quarter overtime, where he made a spectacular cut. LeBron James delivered the ball right to him. Yeah. And, and what what is the point of working on your body as hard as you did this summer to not at least go up there and get fouled or something? And he, he pitches it back out to Josh Hart. And the f- defender was still like in Josh Hart's vicinity, you know? So that wasn't an open three-pointer. So we were like, I mean, I texted to you. I was like, man, what a bitch-ass move. <laughs> it was. It was so soft. And I don't know if it's a function of, you know, yeah, he got super strong over the offseason. But he also hasn't had a lot of time to play and practice with sure. his new yeah, strength. That's fair. You know, so I don't know if he's just like so it's just like so muscle memory for him to just try to dish it out because he got the crab beat out of him last year. You know, it's like this is a stupid example, but I'm just going to use it because it happened to me in my life recently. I have a recliner sofa in my house (laughs) and the handle is on the same side. Right. But like the handle broke and anyway, long story short, I had to replace it. And now the handles on a different side. And I, this all happened in the last few days and I've had this couch for years. And so it's like, you sit down and it's like, you're still reaching for that phantom handle that isn't there anymore. And I feel like that's what (laughs) you see where I'm going with this. I think what's the phantom thing that Lonzo Ball is reaching for? Just him not getting hurt? It's just like he he feels like he doesn't have the strength because he's so used to it. He's so used to not oh, okay. having that strength. Like he's so used to going in there and sure. like 
taking too much contact and having to dump it out. And he's not used to going in there and absorbing contact and finishing. He's still reaching for his phantom softness. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. <laughs> he like Lonzo can yam it on people, dude. Like he, yeah. he can really get up there and now he has some, some strength. Like he's always had the bounce. I don't understand. Like somebody needs to tell him and maybe it'll have to be LeBron because LeBron is somebody he looks up to. But LeBron needs to tell him you go up so soft and you need to like be stronger and like be a man and go up with a purpose and just like finish it, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I can't take too many more of these soft drives by him. He's otherwise playing so well, but the soft mm-hmm. drives might as well be a turnover. Yeah, no, I'm, I was really impressed by him tonight, especially his assertiveness with his three-point shot, although there was that one play in the second quarter where he was open for three, and for whatever reason, he decided to drive it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it, the play ended, ended up dying right there. Um, but if you fuse Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball together into one player, is that like, what, what type of all-star point guard is that? Ah, dude, that's like... Uh, Unstoppable. My... John Wall who can shoot threes or something? Like, I don't even know. Holy crap, that would be insane. I can't even think of somebody who's like that. Who's like that smart, has that high basketball IQ, but also can just finish it whenever he wants to and get that contact. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like a taller taller Kyle Lowry or something. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, for now, let's start with starting them both uh, in the backcourt and uh, we can move on from there. Uh, Okay, so let's end with LeBron James. 32 points, 8 rebounds, 14 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. For a second there, especially with that three-point shot where he just walked into it like he just came from the park or whatever. You, you said something about like he's just having a picnic and decided to roll up and hit a clutch three-point shot and drain it. It was the most nonchalant, <laughs> nonchalant three-point shot I've ever seen for like a clutch moment. It's like he got the pass from Josh Hart and I'm just staring at the clock and I'm like, oh shoot, we, we have no timeouts and there's like not that much time. And he just turns around and is like nonchalantly meandering up the floor. And I'm like, does he know we have no timeouts and there's like not that much time left? And then he just steps into like a 38 footer and just drills it. Like the second he shot it, I was like, he should have taken like two more steps. And, but he just nailed it. And it was such an insane shot. It was like a frozen rope. It was like, whoosh. Yeah. You could just hear it go in there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for a while there, LeBron did play the role as the closer and did a pretty good job. I felt like that same nonchalantness bit us in the butt in overtime, unfortunately. He got tired. Yeah, possibly. So, I mean, he really struggled in the first half. One of the worst LeBron James performances I've seen. And granted, granted, he was not getting the foul calls, obviously. So that contributed to that. But I think at a certain point, he was one for seven. I mean, how often do you see LeBron go 11 for 25? Those two free throws he missed at the end. Oh, that was rough. Which which, which sucks because before that, he was eight for nine from the stripe, you know? So obviously fatigue probably played a factor into that. He had five turnovers. This was the first game where I think he, at least at the end, tried to exert a little more um, of himself and tried to take over. And it almost worked through the first three quarters. And he was doing a phenomenal job, honestly. When the Lakers were kind of stuck in the mud there, he was the one pushing the pace, you know, off of misses. He was the guy initiating and 
thrusting us into hyperdrive, even when willing us there, even when it didn't seem like we had anything going on. And you could sense, like, especially in the first half, we, we miss Rondo a lot because he's usually the one outside of LeBron who, who would really push the pace, you know, off his own dribble. And so LeBron really kind of helped tide us over in that respect till Kuzma got going, Josh Hart got going, et cetera, et cetera. And then pretty much all the way up into the fourth quarter, he was just doing a good job distributing the ball, you know, finding cutters, finding shooters. I mean, he found Kuzma for a couple really nice baseline three-point shots that were pure as heck. So LeBron did an amazing job playmaking. And thus far in LeBron's Lakers career, and I, I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but hasn't he sort of kind of played like a like a richer... And I guess this isn't too off since this guy's typically compared to him, but his style thus far has kind of reminded me of like a richer man's version of Ben Simmons, where... A lot of his points have come just from straight line drives to the basket, you know. Um, he's taken a jump shot here and there, um, but for the most part, his offense has really just been him just barreling his way into the lane, getting free throws or just laying it in, getting dunks. And then for the most part, the rest of his game is just playmaking and setting up other people. Um, so the closing didn't exactly work till the very end, but I think... At the very least, LeBron is gaining more confidence and chemistry with his teammates. And hopefully he's seeing just how explosive and dynamic we can be when all things are clicking. Because we've seen more than enough flashes in each game so far. And we've been in each game so far. It's just really shoring up all the little things, you know. And, and I, you know, some people might say there, there's actually huge things to fill up. But I, I think we can get there. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on LeBron James? And let's close it out from there. Yeah, I thought LeBron, I, I, I think he's played very well through the first three games. I mean, it's crazy. He's just so consistent. You can always count on him to be on a certain range of points, points rebounds, and assists. Um, uh, the defense we talked about earlier, so I won't get into that again. But I think LeBron is, it's really interesting because despite what we all might feel right now after being 0-3 and losing this tough game tonight and, you know, being you know, all the excitement of the new season and having one of our worst starts, you know, in the last three, four years or whatever, there's all these, you know, things seemingly going against us and there's going to be a lot of negative press and, you know, the media is going to be out tomorrow, just like talking about this nonsense, like all day and night. I feel like LeBron doesn't listen to any of that noise anymore. And he's just viewing this from the, like, 10,000 feet in the air, you know, view of the 82 game season. And he's still like feeling his way around this team. LeBron James has done this in the past and is capable of stringing together like a ton of games in a row, scoring 35 to 40 points. And he hasn't really done that yet. Um, and I think he's just kind of feeling his, his team out. And it, weirdly, I, I, I draw a lot of parallels between him and Lonzo. And Lonzo, I feel like, kind of does the same thing, too. Like, Lonzo's first game is always his worst game. It was, like, last year in the summer league, you know, like, this year in the preseason, last year in the early season. But even last year in the first game to the second game, it's for some reason, his first game is always his worst game. And he's just, like, feeling everything out. And then he starts to, like, find his role and really go out all out in that role. And I feel like LeBron 
does that at like a superstar type level, you know? So I think LeBron is still has like a few more gears left and, and we'll see how that goes as the uh, season wears on. Let's freaking get our first win. We're so close. We're almost there, man. I know, dude. If we lose to Phoenix, then I, I will start to panic a little bit. Yeah. So Phoenix on Wednesday, I think it's in Arizona. Uh, first first quote-unquote scheduled win, so hopefully we pull that through. If we, uh, You know, we, we had this pegged as the LeBron James game, and, you know, towards the end it kind of was, but if things aren't going our way early on, I think... LeBron takes the reins a little earlier um, in Phoenix. So we'll see how that goes. But with that said, you know, as you heard Brandon Ingram out this whole week, he will be returning um, against Minnesota next Monday. Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo should be returning, I think, by Saturday when we play the Spurs again, I think, right, in San Antonio. Um, And, you know, the silver lining of all this from the Rockets game, that crazy debacle, um, is the fact that Kyle Kuzma was able to find his groove, and boy, did he find his groove tonight, you know? Um, Lonzo Ball was able to get inserted into the starting lineup, play 32 minutes, have that minutes restriction lifted, gain some confidence in his shot, and really find a rhythm, again, with Kyle Kuzma, and, as, and especially with LeBron James. Uh, Josh Hart continues to freaking truck along. This guy look, right now looks like the most improved player of the year for the Lakers. So, I mean... As crazy and as killer as that game was to our depth and kind of puts a halt to our overall chemistry development, I think the silver linings and the the side benefits that it's had on locking Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball back into place, I think, should pay dividends in the future, especially when Brandon Ingram and Rajon Rondo come back. And hopefully we can integrate everyone correctly and just lessen KCP's minutes, so... And and just to add to that, like each game is about finding rotations and lineups that work. And I think we found some line some more lineups tonight that work than we previously had. And those things are only going to help us moving forward. All right, let's get that win, Jonathan <laughs> Williams, everybody. Jonathan with an H. You know, I was. There's no way to like hype up a name like Jonathan, and it's my name. You know, I was like, yeah. it's just not cool, Jonathan. Yay. all right not as cool uh but if anybody has any cool jonathan williams nicknames outside of j will which is the most obvious uh send it our way do you have any nicknames for jonathan williams dubbies dubbies it's like w Uh got it (laughs) how about preparation h because he has an h in his name jonathan Uh, that's so absurd (laughs) uh we'll we'll think about it a little more related to anuses all right with that said uh thank you for listening this is the lakers legacy podcast please follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod please also rate interview us on itunes thank you for those who have been rating and interviewing us on itunes we'll go back to reading them uh when we have a more structured episode i know some people have even created itunes accounts just so that they can rate so we really appreciate that um but yeah with that said uh, we will catch you guys next time. Hopefully by then the Lakers will, ha- will have at least one or two wins on their belt and we can be a little more, we can be more officially lit outside of just seeing all these flashes where we're like, we look like a 2K game, don't we? When we're saving all these out-of-bounds passes, it's fun, but let's get a win to go along with that. Uh, with that said, Tommy, I will catch you later. Later. Peace. <laughs>
This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more pain. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.